This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. No, I, I've always, I've mainly been a founder through every hat that I've worn throughout my career. Now I'm on the other side as an investor, and I've always been diehard office, and I created a culture. We had, I believe, eight offices around the world when I started my, not started, you know, when my company had scaled, right, the startup I founded. Yeah. And um, I don't know why we were so against the remote work. We, we had situations where people had legitimate reasons where they couldn't come into the office. And we would put people on notice and we would literally fire them if they weren't in the office, you know, because there was a perception that you have to be in the office to be productive. And we were also worried, and I don't know why we were worried. We were worried, well, if we let person A, you know, come in later on Wednesdays and leave earlier on Fridays, then we have to offer that to everyone. And before we know it, everyone's going to do this because everyone's lazy. We had this wrong perception. Yeah. And we were fighting this and became a bad culture because I became, as a CEO, right? I started to feel like, wow, when I'm not in the office, I feel guilty. And I'm in the office and I'm not productive as a CEO. How the hell can a CEO be productive in the office? They should be out of the office. Same with the salespeople. Creates a culture where who's in the office is the one who gets promoted, is the one who gets to rub shoulders and play politics, which I tell you was wrong for the way my company was run and I take accountability for that. But I'm a tech guy. I'm a forward thinking founder and that's how I am. You can imagine how the rest of corporate America is. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. I think, uh, um, especially when I was in real estate brokerage, uh, you know, the people that were eating lunch by themselves in the cafe of the office were the ones that were like, what are you doing? You got to be out there having lunch with the potential clients. Um, so I had this idea, this kind of thought, like my, I had an initial visceral um, kind of reaction when pandemic initially hit and, you know, the first wave of people were trying to, you know, yeah. posit, posit their takes on what the future of the office was going to be. And my thing was like, I don't know what everybody's big deal is. Like salespeople have been on the road forever trying to work remotely. Like, you know, there's, this isn't like a brand new thing. It's just that the pandemic brought it into, oh, wait a minute. Like maybe people could actually be productive working like this, not just the salespeople or the people that need to be on the road, but everybody. But yeah, I still think there's going to be a whole mess of corporate America that really needs to get pulled into that mindset. I think I think when we come out of this, at least, is now people have tasted things and, ha you know, it's very easy to shut down something. And we, when I ran my company, we shut down a lot of, you know, remote work type of opportunities. And in the end, I felt like, well, I'm a CEO and to be out of the office, actually, you know, and I'd force myself to be in the office more often. So I felt yeah. I was there, but I was not helping the company doing that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you look at engineers, engineers like to come in late and they like to put the headphones on and they don't want to be disturbed. And I, you know, I've been programming myself for a couple of years now just to see what it's like. Uh, and I hate it when I'm disrupted. I cannot work, right? Salespeople mm. shouldn't be in the office, really. You know, so, so it comes to a point where maybe the, the way we've engineered the office is one where it's too old school. We're trying to build something for everyone and you end up building something that's not ideal. If you can figure mm. out how to make the most of your workforce, you can do that by giving them each their ideal setting and environment. Hard to do. Yeah. I mean, there's technology solutions that help, but that's the philosophy, I think. Yeah, you're right. I think technology is the other thing that has made this conversation a lot more difficult to put your finger on because with technology, you can 
It's weird. Like you say, salespeople shouldn't be in the office. I bet you I could do more meetings in a day on Zoom as a salesperson than I could if I was, you know, flying to Toronto and then booking a bunch of different meetings and trying to move all around the city. Now, I used to do that for a living and I loved it and I felt productive. But imagine being able to stack those meetings with like five minute breaks in between and just feeling like, wow, I just increased my pipeline by 2x this week because wow. I got all the I got all those calls done. Um, so that's a game changer. That, that's a game changer that I, you're right. You know, it used to be that salespeople had to be on the road. But you're yeah. right with the advent of uh, video conferencing. In asynchronous work like on Slack and, you know, whatever, whatever collaboration tools allow for better, better, better outcomes. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to see how the current situation is, isn't better than the, than the old one. So you, you hinted to this, you mentioned Slack, you mentioned Zoom. What are some of the core uh, technologies that you are implementing or you're seeing your clients implement to be more suited for a hybrid or, you know, a random work environment? I don't think there's anything like that's like revolutionized. It, I think SaaS clouds like work software has been around forever. It's just better now. It has to be user friendly, especially like our employee base is rather young and they're going to expect the tools that they use on their job to be easy to use and easy to figure out and you know not bogging them down so our tech stack is 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 all pretty modern right like we use g suite for our gmail we use, which most people use for their personal email so it's very easy to kind of transition to that uh, we use hubspot for a crm it's super user friendly uh it's scalable we use that for our marketing as well you know i won't go through everything that we use but i think that like you know, we, we obviously we use Slack, um, and I don't think there's I don't think there's like just like revolutionary. Okay, we could we could start talking about the metaverse here, right? Like maybe there's a uh, uh, an office somewhere in Web three where you can log in every day and physically be in an office and you know work with the people that are in Singapore or something, uh, but be in the metaverse. I don't really I, I still can't figure out that's different than real life uh, quite yet. But um, I think if we can invent hypersonic jets that can get to Singapore quickly, it's a lot more convenient than wearing a a virtual reality yeah. headset and all of that, you know, tethering that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think business software, what we were talking about before, there's always going to be new stuff that comes out better. It's going to be new and it's going to be better. It's going to be new and it's going to be better. But is there really like some massive disruptive? So if it's not, force? if it's not technology, what about the level of communication needed when you're running a, an environment where you've got more distributed employees? It's critical. Right. Does that mean you're constantly having to, uh, having to um, make announcements and write a lot to your employees and just co content and communication becomes even more important for the CEO and the executive team. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, I think written communication is it's paramount because no one's not, you're not recording every Zoom, you know? If decisions are made on a call, then someone has to have taken notes and there has to be like a readout, right? If there's, you know, look at the product management process. If you're trying to develop a product, across multiple time zones with different constituents, everyone has to have some sort of central place where they could look and be like, okay, what are we building? Uh, who wrote this down? What are the questions? What's the problem? What's the solution? So yes, re uh, writing things down is super important, which is interesting because I think this new breed of workers that comes out of college looking for jobs, they have to ha have really good written communication school, uh, skills. You know, it's not, I'm not talking about texting and using emojis. I'm like talking like really good writers. So I, I think writing is, is probably the most important thing um, because people don't always pay attention on a call, especially if it's 25, 30 people, right? You're going to 
take your video off and you're not you're not going to pay attention. Um, but if you have a recording of that meeting and it's written down, then you could reference it. Then you know that that kind of saves the day. And Matt, what habits do you have? Um, it sounds like you wake up at some time and you go to the gym and that's how you operate effectively. Give us a rundown of, of your ideal productive day. Cause I know there's no, I, I've never been able to have the perfect day. There's too many things I need to get done in a perfect day. And it contradicts itself. Cause I can't code and read a book and go to the gym and you know, <laughs> do a bunch of stuff. What's your ideal day look like? What's your secret productivity hack? Well, I think the most important thing about what you just said is that, I mean, you seem to have the personality where like you're, you never feel like you're doing enough and I got to be doing more. You got to you got to pull back from that. Right. Because that's like your your type A ego saying, like, I'm not doing enough. Like this day wasn't productive enough. But really, you're doing great, man. You know, like you, you had you got you got a few you've moved a few big rocks in the day. And I think that's the way I look at it. Right. Um, so my 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 ideal day or my normal day is I, I wake up, I got two young boys. Um, I spend time with them in the morning uh, from, you know, wake up breakfast and then I take them to the bus and they go to school. And then, then I go to the gym. And so like, that's my personal time where whatever nervous energy that's swirling around in my head is, you know, left at the gym. I try to get that out there. And then, then I, then I'm like, I got some mental clarity. I'm showered up, I'm ready to go, I get my coffee, and then I'm, I'm, you know, at work. And I usually try, this is where you have to be very disciplined, is I try to block my mornings off for like focus time to get stuff done that is like strategic. What time are you up and, and actually working or are you just getting ready for the day and spending time with kids? It depends on how um, how quickly I pick up my phone and start looking at email and Slack. But um, you know, I wake up around like six, and my kids are up 15 minutes later than me. We eat breakfast. They're out the door in 45 minutes. They're at the bus. Um, I'm not at my desk working until about like 8:45. I used to be more psycho-like about that. I used to get up and go to the gym at like 5:30 in the morning because I wanted to get it away even earlier so I could get it to the office by seven. And I started experimenting with like different like organ different ways to organize day and landed on this one but you know what time are you as long done? as you're yeah what time are you done with the you, you, you're one of those people who works at an office unfortunately it's only eight minutes and the commute time isn't a factor but what time do you try to be out of the office to have your work-life balance with family uh, I usually leave the office around like five o'clock and that's because that's when my kids get dropped off from the bus and then it's like okay put the phone away spend some family time, get, you know, you get two or three hours until they go to bed. And then of course, you know, you want to spend some time with your wife. So it's like, okay, we're going to, I'm not going to pick up the laptop tonight and, you know, clean up my inbox. I'm going to leave that for the morning. So those are, but some nights. Some nights you don't. So it sounds, some like, nights, it sounds like it varies, right? Some yeah, nights some, you, you yeah, like, like last night, our head of sales was like, hey, we got a uh, pitch uh, at 1130 tonight uh, with the company on the on, on uh, in Asia. And I need this, I need all of this information for this call. And I can't track down the person for it. So I had to jump on, spend two hours, you know, putting information together for, for a sales pitch. And, That's and, fine. And Matt, it's wonderful to hear, not, not, not your habits, it's wonderful to hear what your habits are and that you've actually got a, what sounds like a good balance. I, I had, I struggled with balance as a founder myself and, you know, I'm a VC now and I see many founders struggle with balance and I, I now believe it's not sustainable. You can get a lot done, perhaps in the early days, and I don't know if you agree. It feels like you're at product market fit now. You're definitely not the same company you were two years ago. Um, at the early days, maybe you need to work harder or do you believe, no, it's a marathon the whole way. At the yeah. early days, you still cannot be sprinting constantly. 
my, my belief has been that I had to sprint for my company to launch, but I was a naive entrepreneur and I don't know how I feel now, but what do you feel? Well, how old, how old were you when you started your company? I was in my 20s, I guess it doesn't count, yeah. you know? Well, that's, I think, the difference. I'm 41. I didn't start this until I was 37 wow. and I had kids. So I was probably in this mindset where I already had more important priorities in my life before I started this business. So it's, yeah, I look, if you talk to my wife, she'd probably just be ro rolling her eyes and being like, what are you talking about? You work all the time. That's all you care about. But <laughs> that's all you talk about, right? That's what she yeah, said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I think that um, you can build a startup without it owning you. I agree. I agree. And it's inspiring to hear that for folks who are, you know, thinking about their next thing. Um, it, there's no excuse. You know, you just have to make it work. And I believe it's more sustainable. And what you may see as an obstacle actually helps you create balance. Like you gave examples of, you know, your children needing to go to school and picking them up. That, that forces you to create balance. Uh, and those around you. Well, Matt, this has been wonderful. If any of our um, listeners want to reach you, uh, how can they reach you? If you can spell it out. And is there any type of person you're looking for? Because uh, we have a wide range of listeners. Anyone specific who would be an ideal customer for you who could reach out? Uh, yeah, we. you can find me at uh, Matt uh, at Occupier.com. That's my direct email. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Jaffoon. That's M-A-T-T-G-I-F-F-U-N-E. Search my name on LinkedIn. Uh, those are the three main things you can find me at. Who I'd like to um, connect with are uh, people that want to work at a cool startup um, with a great culture. So primarily um, awesome people to come work here. Smart, talented, hardworking. Uh, anybody in the real estate industry that touches leasing, we'd love to talk to you. Whether you're a broker, tenant, a landlord, um, you know, let's build a community. Great. Matt at Occupier.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, Zane. Appreciate it.